Welcome to the LYC Podcast. We are a youth community that believes in loving people and meeting them where they are. Our desire is that through this message, God's love for you is confirmed, your hope in Jesus is renewed, and your faith is awakened. Forward in assignment. Forward in assignment. Turn the three prices in your Bibles. So Brad, flow with me, man. That scripture that we talked about, God has audible today or tonight. So let's go to Philippians 3.14 again. Acts 16.1 and 2 Timothy 1.3-8. We're going to read these three in this order here in a few moments. So first, Philippians chapter 3, verse 14. And then Acts 16, verse 1. And then our main text will be 2 Timothy 1, 3 through 8. Mm, mm, mm. The Lord is in this place. All right, Philippians 3 says this. I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. And now Acts 16.1. Listen very carefully to this verse. Paul went on to Derby and Lystra where there was a disciple named Timothy. The son of a believing Jewish woman, but his father, his dad, was a Greek. Now I'll turn to 2 Timothy. We're going to start in chapter 1 and read verses 3 through 8. The word says this, I thank God, this is Paul talking to Timothy, I thank God whom I serve with a clear conscience as my ancestors did. When I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day, remembering your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. I recall, I remember, I recount, I have memory of your sincere faith that first lived in your grandmother, Lois, and in your mother, Eunice. And now, I am convinced, is in you also. Therefore, I remind you to rekindle the gift, or your translation may say, fan the flame. Somebody say, fan the flame. flame. Of the gift of God that is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and sound judgment. So don't be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Instead, share in suffering for the gospel, relying on the power of God. I want to pray one more time because there are a couple spirits I need to cast out in Jesus' name before we go into the word. God, in the name of Jesus, we rebuke the spirit of abandonment 
the spirit of orphan, leave now in Jesus' name. Don't linger. Don't hide. Because the Lord is in this place. And God, through your spirit, would a spirit of adoption fall. Fall fresh, Holy Spirit, with the spirit of adoption. In Jesus' name. Amen. Write this down. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going, keep going, keep going. In our main text, this is Paul's uh, second letter to Timothy. Now, last night, we talked about Paul in Ephesus. Paul was a lot younger in that text in Acts chapter 19, and we talked about how we have the power and the authority and the love of God in Jesus through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And tonight, I believe God wants to move us forward in our assignment And I think God has some really interesting things to say to each of us tonight to help us move forward in our kingdom assignment. I'm going to define that in a moment, but I want to give some context about Paul and Timothy. Because we read a whole lot of verses, and I really want to set up who Timothy is in the life of Paul. And let let me just say this, and I just told Pastor Brendan this, I had no clue that this day of Kent would fall on Father's Day. I, I like, I, it just, just like was not in my mind at all. And it hit me a week ago. <laughs> and so I'm just like, yo, God is on the move. So I wanna share that because the original intent of this message was just about your purpose in the gospel. But I feel like God wants to add another layer to this about your sonship and your daughtership to God. Because they're tied together. And so in this context, Paul is old now. Like he's, he's probably got some gray hairs in his beard. He's older. And many biblical scholars think that he's in jail, getting ready to go home. So he's writing this, this, this last letter to one of his spiritual sons. And his name was Timothy. And I, I love the tone of these verses that we read in 2 Timothy, because Paul, he's, he's like, if, 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 if I would, I, 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 I just imagine like, if, if Paul's life was, was the water in this water bottle, he's just, he's just pouring it out right here to Timothy. Like, th- these are some of his last words before he goes home to Jesus. And he's pouring into a young pastor who we find in Acts 16 that, that Paul invited him into his assignment for the kingdom of God. And what I find so cool is that in these few verses, Paul is is reminding Timothy of what he said in Philippians, that, that, that the goal of the prize promised by God's heavenly call is in Christ Jesus. And so he's reminding Timothy of his assignment, his call, because Timothy was a young gun pastor. And he needed to be reminded again, of his kingdom assignment. When I say kingdom assignment, all I'm simply saying is this. Walking in what God has already planned for you to do. (laughs) That's it. Now, it changes in different seasons as you get older. Like, God, God will shift that. 
But it's simply like Pastor Shay talked about this morning, being and doing. Your kingdom assignment is walking in what God has already planned for you to do. And I, I titled this message, Keep Going, because Timothy needed to be reminded to keep going. <laughs> Write this down. It's our first point tonight. God has anointed your assignment. God has anointed your assignment. Last night, a lot of you got filled with the Holy Spirit for the first time. A lot of you got prophetic words, words of knowledge. It was powerful. God spoke. God moved. And I need you to be reminded that, that, that your assignment is anointed with the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. You are not alone. You are not by yourself. You have power from heaven and you are resourced by heaven to move forward in your assignment. Every day. <laughs> All the time. Your assignment is anointed. And you're not abandoning your assignment. Never. You are never alone in your assignment. Paul said in Philippians 3.14 that the goal is, is the prize promised by God's heavenly call. It's, 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 it's a promise. And when God makes a promise, he don't lie like humans. He is faithful, as Grace just told us. He is faithful. He is sure. He is true. He is mighty. He will not let you down. And so the promise of God is where we can truly move forward in our assignment because our assignment is anointed. Point two, God has appointed your assignment. So it's anointed first with the spirit, but then it's appointed. What, what, what does appointment mean? There is a specific time that God wants you to begin to walk and do what he has assigned for you to do. Because like Pastor Shea said earlier this week, there are certain things that God will do only through you. Not Pastor Aaron, not Pastor Brandon. Like there are specific people, there are specific things that he wants to do through you in an appointed time. God has like the best calendar ever. He knows when things need to happen. He knows he is sovereign. He, he knows what needs to take place. And as you trust in him, as you get ready to go home tomorrow, because I, I really want to challenge maybe a thought process about camp. Camp is great. You get marked at camp. But camp is not home. Camp is not home. Camp is not school. Camp is not grocery shopping. Camp is not pumping gas at the gas station. Like, camp is not your life. It's a moment. And there are appointments with the anointing of the Spirit for your assignment when we go down this mountain tomorrow. Do you hear me? And God is with you in your assignment. Listen to this word. I'm going to reread verse 5 in 2 Timothy 1. Paul says, I recall, I remember your sincere faith that first lived in your grandmother, Lois, and in your mother, Eunice, and now I'm convinced is in you also. Therefore, this is appointment language. I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God that is in you through the laying on of my hands. That moment's coming for some of you tonight. Actually, I think it's coming from all, all of us tonight. 
where, where, where God's going to encourage you to fan in the flame what's already inside of you. The passions, the desires, the, 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 the assignments that God is stirring up in you, the things that he's called you to do. Turn to Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. Listen to this. For Paul says, for you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is God's gift, not from works so that no one can boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God, check out his calendar right here, prepared ahead of time for us to do. You're covered. Fully covered covered. You're anointed. There's an appointment. Like it is fully taken care of by God. He says, just come walk with me. Come walk with the Father through Jesus, by the Holy Spirit. Because your assignment is from the Father. Our assignment from God is an invitation to work with God. So listen, God saved us from sin, but he saved us for good works. Please don't miss that. He saved us from sin, but he saved us for something, for good works, for assignments, for purposes, because God wants to bring heaven to earth through you, through you, today, tomorrow, next week, next month, through you. Next point, don't be ashamed of your assignment. Don't, don't be ashamed of your assignment. 2 Timothy 1, 7 through 8a says this, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power. We talked about that last night. One of love. That was also last night. And now a new phrase, sound judgment or self-discipline or sound mind. A sound mind. There's healing tonight for some of your minds. And God is so interested in seeing you whole, whole, healed, restored, renewed, I'm walking so gingerly because I, I feel <laughs> I, I feel like I'm in this marshmallow with God and I'm just just trying to follow him. And this, this is such a sweet, sensitive word. Because the daddy issues that have blocked a lot of you will be broken and healed tonight. 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 Tonight, verse 8, so don't be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Don't let shame suffocate your assignment. Don't be ashamed of what God has put inside of you. Don't be ashamed of what you may have gone through as a child with your parents. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Don't be ashamed of your daddy in heaven. 
He's with you. He's for you. He's in you. He's upon you. And shame can just, 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 just choke you out and, and, and keep you stuck where you don't move forward. Shame cannot live in these moments. But God also wants to help you live beyond shame when we go home. And as Pastor Nikisha says, for some of you, home is hard. Shame likes to knock on your door at your house. But you get to answer and say, leave in the name of Jesus. You get to take steps and break generational cycles in your family. Man, the Spirit of God is here. Next point, God gives people for your assignment. God gives people for your assignment. Did you notice in Acts 16, where the, uh, 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 Dr. Luke, he's, he's describing Paul's first encounter with Timothy, and he, he goes to, to the two cities, and he hears about this dude named Timothy, and then it says, uh, Timothy had a Jewish believing mama, she was a Christian, follower of Jesus, and a Greek father. Jewish believing mother, Greek father. There's one more verse about Timothy's dad, and then we don't see him for the rest of the New Testament at all. And here comes Paul. He wants him on his missionary team. He, he wants Timothy to join in his assignment to preach the gospel to the Jews and the Gentiles. Timothy, this more than likely mixed dude, he's, he's mixed with Jewish blood and Greek blood, and his dad's not even saved, his mama's saved. And then in 2 Timothy, we see him describe his family lineage. Man, there was sincere faith in your grandmother and your mother, but yet the dad's not mentioned. And I wonder what God wants to touch and heal tonight because a lot of you are Timothys in here. You got some family stuff. You got some family dynamics that are tough. Yet God is so faithful to not only be your heavenly father, God is actually really good at bringing people into your life who could actually be a earthly spiritual father and spiritual mothers. See, there are people for your assignment. Timothy was not alone. In fact, Timothy was one of Paul's most trusted uh, uh, co-workers and, and co-laborers in the gospel. Like, 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 like Paul, Paul would send Timothy spots. Hey, Timothy, go to Thessalonica. Hey, Timothy, go, 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 go take care of it. Like, like Timothy was a trusted son. And like, man, the beauty of this is that sometimes... We think God has abandoned us because people have abandoned us. But it's not true at all. He's faithful. He's true. He's sure. And we see evidence of this in Timothy's life. Look at verse 5 again. He said, I recall your sincere faith that first lived in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I'm convinced is in you also. 
There was faith in his family. There was faith in his community. He is not alone. You are not alone, young person. You're not alone, next-gen leader. You are not alone, pastor. You are not alone. God's giving you people for your assignment. God is a communal God. <laughs> he himself is community. God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, God the Holy Spirit, three in one. They are community. And so we get to copy them. <laughs> but our heart needs to be open. Our, our heart needs to, in certain seasons, receive the people that God brings. And sometimes God sends people away. I'm living that out right now. He sent me away from Resurrection Church in Huntsville. Shout out, Resurrection. Love y'all. Always. But he sent me away from y'all. And like, that's where we are in this season. That's, 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 that's the ebbs and flows of this community thing with God, y'all. And, and, and the beautiful thing about this is that God knows who you need in every single season. He's faithful. He's so faithful. Last point, and we're going get, to get, get to some ministry time. God, last point, God gives power to persevere so that we can overcome obstacles during your assignment. Let's say it a different way. You can't be an overcomer without obstacles. That's Bible, y'all. Like Jesus said, there's going to be some, some, some trials and some tribulation. Jesus said, you're going to be hated because they hated me. Like, we can't overcome if there's nothing to overcome. Like, we, we, we become overcomers through the power of God. Look, look at what Paul tells Timothy to remind him of how to move forward in his assignment. Verse uh, 8b, instead, share. Somebody say share. Share in suffering for the gospel. How? Relying on the power of God, depending on the power of God, walking in the power of God, moving in the power. I'm sorry, over you, overcome, overcome, moving in the power of God, shifting with the power of God. The power of God is how we overcome obstacles. You cannot do this by yourself. I'm talking on cadence on purpose so you can understand that it takes the power of God. I'm going to keep walking through the aisle so you hear me because you need the power of God for your assignment. There are people who are going to be with you with the power of God to walk in your assignment. You are not alone. High five. You are not alone. High five. You need power. You need people. And you need a father. You need a father. The father of lights who shines in darkness. Uh, a father who can speak life over you when people sometimes mistakenly speak death over you. In fourth grade, I had a uh, speech therapist. Uh, I had a really bad speech, uh, stuttering issue growing up. I could barely talk. Like I would, like it was bad. Like I couldn't talk at all, y'all. And this speech therapist, God love her, and I was, I, was, I was in a private Christian school, 
And she did her work. I did my counseling sessions. Like she would give her diagnostics about where I was, how I was progressing. And just based on like the data, she would speak deaf over me unintentionally. She's just doing her job, yo. Like she would say, you know, Aaron, you, you might just be, you know, in front of a computer the rest of your life and you just might do that. But don't, don't stand in front of people because you, you can't speak in front of people. Aaron, you, you, you might just be an outside worker and just do hard labor all your life because you, you really can't stand in front of people. You just kind of break down. You kind of get, you panic and you just can't do it. Well, um, <laughs> the power of God has led me here today. And I did not come to that revelation on my own. First, God spoke to me in ninth grade. Somehow, <laughs> I still laugh. God, you're so awesome. Like, I laugh at how this happened because it really shouldn't have happened, but it was on God's calendar. So, in ninth grade, I was supposed to be in a ninth grade Bible Testament class, but somehow the computer system just... <laughs> I got put in a senior level Old Testament Bible class as a ninth grade in high school. It should not have happened. And the teachers didn't change it. They just, oh yeah, he can go in that class. I'm in ninth grade, man. I'm, I'm, I'm in this class full of, 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 of seniors and juniors. They know the Bible, they love God, and I'm this ninth grade black kid in this predominantly white Latino school, and it's just like, I don't belong here. What is going on? I am a ninth grader at this point. And then the teacher, Miss Jane Holmes, said, Aaron, will you lead a devotion for the class next week? Bruh. <laughs> First of all, I stutter. Hashtag Moses. Like, you don't, you don't want me. I, 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 no, no. Like, I was freaking out scared. So I go home, talk to my mom. <laughs> you know what my mom said? Have faith, Aaron. <laughs> Thanks, Hebrews 11. Like, that was really encouraging. <laughs> then she said, go pray. Go talk to the Holy Spirit. So I did. Guess where he led me, Pastor Nakisha? Hebrews 11, talking about faith. <laughs> And so the, the next week, I, I come and I stand before the, the, uh, the class, like, like my, my knees are buckling, <laughs> like it's, it's, it's a hot mess, man. But I, I teach the word with the help of the Holy Spirit, stuttering through it. And after class, two seniors and a junior walk to me as I'm going to my locker after class. I thought I was about to get jumped. I thought like... <laughs> You know what? My theology is horrible. They're about to beat me up for Jesus. Like, man, that, that, you know what? Yeah, that's, this is it. Here we go. Coming home, Lord. You know? And they said, Aaron, we've never heard the word taught like that. Will, will you meet with us after basketball practice and walk with us through the word? But I'm a freshman. <laughs> I said, sure, I'll see you after school. <laughs> and then God spoke to me, my assignment, in a hallway. Not no church service, not an altar call, but in a hallway of a Christian school. 
I close my locker, I grab my geometry book, I hate geometry. And I'm walking to geometry with this moment of what is going on. And for the first time in my life, I hear the voice of God. He said, Aaron, you will feed my sheep. And in that moment, I knew I was called to serve as a shepherd. Let's break down what God said to me, and then we're going to go into some ministry time. Because I need you to understand how God speaks as a father. God said, Aaron... So my shout identity. God starts with identity. Woo, don't miss that. God starts with your name. He knows you by name. He calls you out by name. My sheep hear my voice, and I call them out by name. So as a 15-year-old, God said in a very gentle, dynamic way, gentle but firm, Aaron, you will. Somebody say promise. promise. <laughs> Aaron, you will. It's on God's calendar. It's appointed. It's anointed. You will. It is a heavenly promise that God said to me. Do you understand how, is God, how God speaks to us? He, he starts with your identity, then he gives you a promise. It's on his calendar. He is sovereign. He's got good plans for you. Aaron, you will feed my sheep. Now, Jesus said that to Peter. It's in the Bible. God will never say anything that he never said in his word. Y'all missed that. God will never say anything that he never said in his word. We call that rhema. It means a word that's right now. It, it, it quickens you. It, it wakes you up to the reality of God. Like he loves you and he, he speaks something so clear that he's probably said before. And the Holy Spirit captures your heart. And in that moment, as a 15-year-old kid, God gave me my kingdom assignment. And now I'm a church planner shepherding people. But I had to accept and believe and continue to persevere, even those words of death that my speech therapist unintentionally said. It was through the power of God to persevere and overcome and receive what God's assignment was on my life and for my life. One more story, and then we're going to jump into some ministry time. Because I had a really big obstacle to overcome. Because like Grace, I too have a story of a fatherlessness. So ninth grade, God calls me, right? Y'all tracking, tracking with the timeline? Two years later, as a junior in high school, I come home from basketball practice, and I go to bed really tired, and at around 2 a.m. in the morning, I hear my mother scream my name. And like, I thought it was just bad pizza from the cafeteria. I thought it was a bad dream, like, you know, it's just, just bad pizza. I'm going back to bed. 
15 minutes later, I hear my mother scream my name again a lot more loudly this time. And so I think somebody's in the house trying to rob us because we live near the hood. So I grab my baseball bat. I'm like, I'm going to go save my mama who's in the house. They about to get this baseball bat to the teeth. <laughs> and I open the door and my father is punching my mother in the face. And there's purple bruises on her wrist. And I walk into an abusive situation, baseball bat raised. And God said, don't do it. Don't do it. So I drop the bat. I run back to my room. And I'm crying. I'm, 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 I'm weeping. I'm angry. I'm confused. Like, what just happened? My dad comes in. I don't even want to see him. Like, dude, get out. I hate you. I, I don't even want to talk to you. He said, Aaron, you got to be here for your mom. Take care of your mother and your siblings. He leaves. Gone. Two weeks later, he's married to someone that was a good friend of my mother. And so now I am wrestling with God. Like, wait, God, you, you call me at ninth grade. And now there's this obstacle of, a, of, a, of, of, a, of, of sin like this? And my, 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 Christian, my, my, my Christian parents, yo. And like, man, I, I, I begin to get really angry and, and bitter. And I had this unforgiveness toward my dad. I was blaming myself. I began to question God like it got bad. And I was the SGA chaplain of the school. So I was smiling your face. Give a devotion. But dying inside. Bitter, hurting, angry, mad, broken yet still have an assignment. And so for a year and a half, man, like I, I, I held on to that anger. I, 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 was, I was bitter. And like all my athletes will understand what I'm about to say. I would use my unforgiveness, my bitterness, and my anger for sports. I was a baller, man. i dunk on your head. Block your shot. Angry. Wasn't playing ball for Jesus. No, I would, I would fake that. I, I, I was a hypocrite. Like, I, I, I played ball from a place of rage and unforgiveness and, 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 and bitterness. And I was good. And that's what makes it dangerous. Because I was beginning to taint my assignment with rage and anger. And for, so for a year and a half into my senior year, I'm living like this. But then my senior year, my ninth grade algebra teacher, Joanne McCarty, called me into her classroom and she asked the typical senioritis questions. Where are you going to school? What's your five-year plan? What does God have for you? You know, it was a great conversation. She, she was like a mentor to me, like, like, like a spiritual parent. She knew about my parents' divorce and everything that happened. And she then asked the question, so how are you and your dad doing? Ooh, ooh, you just, you, you, you just stepped in something real hot. I said, Miss McCarty, I really don't want to talk about that right now. No. Because my dad would come to games, he would come around the house sometimes, and like that anger and rage would just start all over again. And so when she asked the question, the anger and the rage just began to bubble up like a volcano inside of my heart. But then... God gave me a rainbow word through her. She said, Aaron, anything that you hold on to that's not of God will lead you to a very deep, dark place. And by the time you realize it, it'll surprise you. Mic drop. God humbled me with that. 
he showed me my sin, where I was in the wrong. Not, not my dad. God, God was dealing with Aaron. He was dealing with me and my heart and the rage because in this fatherless state, I forgot my heavenly father. But he was calling me home. God wanted his family back. He was calling me home. So I went home. I prayed. I said, God, what do you want me to do? He led me to Colossians 3.13, one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible. Paul says, forgive. That's a word for a lot of you tonight. Forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Because Christ first forgave you. The next day, I called my dad, and we met in a neutral location. I got in his truck, sat down, and I confessed my sin. I said, Dad, for the last year and a half, I have hated you. I have used my anger for sports, and I have not forgiven you. I've been very bitter towards you. Dad, will you forgive me? Because I have sinned against you. My dad just went into a puddle of tears. He wept. And then as as he was weeping, I put my hand on my dad's shoulder and said, Dad, by God's grace, I forgive you. I release you. I don't hold it against you anymore for what you did to mom and our family. I forgive you. Now the whole truck is full of water from my dad's tears because he was struggling with shame and condemnation and God was beginning to bring peace into his life. All his bow, all eyes closed. Lisa and Kai, just play prophetically and uh, let's just see what the Holy Spirit wants to do. I told the next gen leaders uh, earlier that uh, I believe that God's gonna give every single person a prophetic word tonight. And I still believe that. Like, I think there are words of knowledge and rhema words for your kingdom assignment. But for some of you, not only will you receive that word, I believe God has words of healing because you have had a fatherless experience. And on God's calendar today, on Sunday... On this 2022 Father's Day, God wants to become your father again. And I say that because he never stopped being your father. We just stopped believing it. God promises to be the father to the fatherless. God also gives us spiritual fathers. Stand up, Pastor Dale Jenkins. Everybody look at Pastor Dale in the back. That's one of my spiritual fathers in the gospel. I have like five or six. There's one of them right there. Doesn't my dad look great? (laughs) We got the same face, same facial structure. Thank you, Pastor Dale. And God has used Pastor Dale and Pastor Kerry to parent me and Melissa as we church plant. We don't know what we're doing half the time. 
They help us navigate it by faith. We hope you've been inspired by this word. To help awaken your faith on a regular basis, subscribe now so you can be alerted when we have a new message. Thank you so much for listening.